This is an RPR News Link. Beginning this Sunday, Bishop Powers of the Diocese of Superior is allowing parishes to offer communion services for the faithful. In a letter released yesterday, Bishop said that although it's not the full celebration of the Mass, it's an opportunity to receive the gift of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. He also said that he understands this plan may vary from what other dioceses are doing, but after much prayer and planning, he feels this is the beginning of the comeback plan for his diocese. Bishop's full letter can be found on the diocesan website. And a date has been set for when parishes in the, in the Minnesota diocese may return to limited public masses. Earlier this week, the bishops released a letter explaining they are united in their conviction that they can safely resume public mass, giving parishes permission to begin them on Tuesday, May 26th. Parishes will be required to follow the strict protocols for sanitation and social distancing, and will have to limit attendance to one-third of the seating capacity of the church. The full letter can be found on each diocesan website. This has been an RPR Newslink. As we continue to face new challenges each day, we at Real Presence Radio want you to know we're here for you. We're excited to announce that Monday through Friday from 9 to 9.30 a.m. Central during Real Presence Live, we'll bring you a daily Mass celebrated by one of our local clergy members. Listen to it on air or watch it on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. We know the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, which is why we want to bring Jesus to you spiritually Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. during Real Presence Live. Be sure to tune in. Hey everybody, thank you to all of you who joined us in prayer and support of Real Presence Radio during our Feed My Sheep Spring Pledge Drive. With your help, we reached 90% of our goal. Thank you so much. If you missed our four-day drive, that's not a problem. You can still call in and pledge your support at 877-795-0122 or donate online at realpresenceradio.com. Thank you so much and God bless you all. I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm your host this morning, Brandon Clark, filling in for Tim Moser, who isn't able to be with us. So thanks for staying with us. And uh, we have a special segment. So normally on Fridays we pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, but um, as you may know, the Catholic Bishops of Minnesota released a letter earlier this week saying uh, that uh, they wanted to resume public Masses in a limited way, but still be able to resume them. Uh, And it's kind of been an interesting situation there in Minnesota uh, because the governor... Uh, Governor Waltz, while he opened up some some restaurants or, or created a plan for opening up restaurants and bars and everything like that, church services were not included in that. And so the bishops got together and created this plan. And so I wanted to, even though we just had him on the radio earlier this week, I wanted to reach back out to Bishop Quinn 
Bishop John Quinn of the Diocese of Winona Rochester and have him on just to talk a little bit about this and and, and the mindset behind the bishops and in, in creating this letter and releasing this letter. They did send it to the governor as well. So, Bishop, uh, Your Excellency, thanks so much for being on with us again this morning. Oh, Brad, Brendan, I'm all Brendan. I'm always happy to come, uh, and I always enjoy the interaction and the opportunity to again uh, increase in the lives of our people their love for Jesus Christ, but also how important it is that we take an active presence in our uh, living out our Catholicism. So thank you for uh, inviting me this morning. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this letter. Let's just break it down a little bit. Uh, first of all, what a great gift it is to be able to receive the Eucharist again uh, by by Pentecost, right, on, on uh, Pentecost Sunday. Obviously, a celebration of Mass will open up on Tuesday, May 26th. Uh, but, but you guys, uh, the bishops I, I'm speaking of, you had been in contact and had sent some letters to the governor with plans to be able to... Uh, to coordinate a, a, a responsible, a prudent reopening um, and uh, of of churches and and of the uh, celebration of mass. Talk a little bit about that that process. Yeah, the process. Uh, honestly, uh, I, I think what happened was, uh, as uh, persons of faith and faith traditions, uh, we weren't really included very well as integral to the reopening process. Uh, if you look at what the governor called his dashboard, which was the sequence of how and when uh, entities in the state here would reopen, we were sort of at the very, very end of that process. And not even a date, uh, the timeline would have probably put us somewhere into July or possibly August. And it was at that point that the bishop said, you know, there, we really need to express to the governor uh, not only our concern, but uh, the unfairness of this uh, to persons of faith. And for us as Catholics, the Eucharist is so integral to our life and to our uh, spirituality. And we've already uh, cooperated since March, but that, uh, and, and that's been a hardship, been a terrible hardship, not to have public masses and our uh, parishioners being deprived of the reception of the Eucharist. So we made our concerns known uh, to the governor and sent a letter uh, from uh, Archbishop Hebda, and then, of course, a more public uh, statement when uh, there was not the response that really we had hoped for. So what is the uh, what is the plan for that you guys have put in place as far as resuming the public celebration of mass? Uh, obviously, there are multiple things that go along with that. So can you just explain those for listeners this morning? Sure. Here, here's where uh, again uh, the process uh, stands, and I'm and I'm very hopeful about a progress that's been made in the last uh, let's say 24 hours. Uh, since the public statement uh, that uh, was released uh, from the bishops and also from the uh, head of the uh, bishops, uh, the Lutheran bishops of the Missouri Synod, it's really a joint uh, document, uh, that the governor uh, had a uh, session yesterday uh, with uh, Archbishop Hebda and also had uh, in that uh, session the head of the Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod. 
And uh, it was a very productive meeting. And the governor uh, does want to respond to us as Catholics and Lutherans and uh, was uh, very uh, conciliatory. And, of course, as uh, uh, Archbishop Hebda, we welcome that. I real- we all realize the governor has a very challenging responsibility here. So uh, there is further discussion this morning on protocols and on a date that would uh, be, of course, much sooner than midsummer. In fact, we hope rather close to the date we have suggested. So uh, I would say not only have all the prayers uh, been very effective in this, but also you have to sometimes take a stand. You need to uh, risk leadership, but that grace is at work. So uh, this morning, uh, as we're speaking, I think uh, grace is also at work in those protocols and with a date that we hope we can announce very soon. So when this letter came out on the 20th, which would have been Wednesday, um, at least in your own diocese, uh, what reaction did you receive? I would say in the diocese here, um, most of the reaction was very, very positive. That uh, people uh, said, thank you, Bishop. Uh, We're yearning for the Eucharist. Thank you for speaking up. Uh, If there was any uh, negative ones, it was more, but, you know, Bishop, we've got to do this safely. Uh, We understand, uh, but we also want to protect one another. So it was really, uh, I want to say, for what little estimate I would give you, I think it was 90% positive. That's great. And of course, there are strict protocols which have to be followed for sanitation and social distancing. And then talk about the decision for limiting attendance to one-third of seating capacity. What was the discussion uh, behind that? Uh, The discussion on that was, again, so that uh, churches, uh, because churches are of all sorts of different uh, sizes, and by saying, let's limit it to a third, uh, knowing that some churches have a thousand seating, some maybe have seating for uh, seventy or eighty, uh, maybe even a little less. So we thought it was a much more practical guideline um, to have a percentage of the seating in order to protect people, to have the spacing, I think six feet away, allow family members as a unit to sit together, but anyone else needs to be distanced. Uh, we thought that that was a much better way of proceeding. I think that's part of the discussion uh, again today uh, with the governor that uh, maybe something like 25%, uh, but we, we're hoping for a percentage rather than just a number. So uh, in what you've released today, or what you released on on the 20th, and now recognizing that there's conversations happening now, is the plan still to resume public celebration of the Mass on the 26th and and have uh, Sunday Mass, excuse me, be available uh, by Pentecost on May 31st? That's our intention, and uh, I think that's what we're moving toward. If uh, that gets adjusted by uh, a few days, I think we would, you know, want uh, uh, to bring this to a conclusion that is graced. Uh, But it may still be that we can have Mass 
on Pentecost or very close to it. Uh, because the negotiations are happening right now, uh, Brandon, I'm not able to be any more specific other than to ask everybody who is listening, uh, hold this in prayer. It's amazing. I have seen how prayer changes situations, changes hearts, and in this case, I've seen already the immense impact of prayer on this just situation uh, of Catholics and yearning for the Eucharist. Those prayers have not gone unanswered, and the Lord is clearly at work in this uh, negotiation. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Bishop John Quinn of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, about the recent uh, update in resuming public masses throughout the diocese in Minnesota. And uh, Bishop, I, I want to talk about uh, one aspect of the letter which I found uh, quite beautiful, and it was uh, the aspect of responsible worship in service of the common good. Uh, you know, we saw in Texas where they were they resumed public masses and uh, a priest contracted. Uh, COVID and ended up, you know, um, dying of that. And uh, obviously, we don't want anything to happen like that. So, let's talk about what does responsible worship look like? Obviously, you're not forcing um, the the parishes to, uh, to um, resume Mass. Um, there's an encouragement, but, but what does that look like, and, and what is responsible in, in this decision to move forward? Sure. Uh, that's a really wonderful question, and one that I know we've all prayed about and thought about. Uh, responsible worship means that um, we have to be honest with people about risks. Uh, just as when you, uh, you know, visit your medical doctor uh, with medications or with a procedure, or if you do nothing, there are risks. And to be honest about them, uh, I can't control nor anyone uh, COVID-19 virus. We're still learning about it. But we want to use the very best uh, protocols to protect people. Now, here in our state, we have not, uh, you know, once again obliged people to attend Mass on Sunday until this uh, crisis is resolved, uh, meaning uh, the COVID-19. Uh, we are asking that people who have a risk factor they are not, uh, no one is obliged to come to Sunday Mass. And particularly those that have uh, immune systems that have been compromised or have uh, very serious conditions. So we're saying uh, to people uh, to be uh, cautious and when Masses are allowed uh, and to determine whether or not it's safe for them. And then within the Church itself, uh, we're going to have masks. We're going to ask people to either to bring one or we will try and have them. I think that's part of our planning. And then we'll sanitize uh, before and after each uh, mass and to make sure that we are limiting the transmission of the virus. I think even the celebration of the mass will be much simpler. There won't be choirs. Uh, we'll probably have uh, no singing. Uh, so that we don't uh, unintentionally pass the virus. And then gradually, you know, more of that will get restored. So I think responsible means we've taken every precaution. We've also asked people who may be vulnerable to this uh, to stay home, uh, those who are concerned about their health 
There is no obligation for anyone to attend Bass at this time. We're also going to make sure there's plenty of live-streamed masses and opportunities uh, for people to have other devotional practices. So I think we, we want uh, to resume the Eucharist because of its centrality, but also to give as much guidance so that our people who, who come can come safely. Bishop, thank you, and of course, thank you to all the bishops across Minnesota for sending out this letter, and, and it sounds like getting things moving, you know, taking that step forward in, in leadership. Um, and thank you again for being on with us this morning. We'll look forward to any updates that come out of the discussions with the governor that are happening today. Good. Uh, Brandon, if uh, probably by uh, the middle of the afternoon or a little bit later, because I also have a meeting uh, by Zoom with all of my priests here, our presbyterate of Winona, Rochester. If you check with uh, Matt Wilcom, uh, I know he'll give you uh, an update as to how we are progressing. One thing I would just encourage everyone, uh, because uh, it's so much part of our lives, if uh, there is something that is Catholics we need to address. <clears throat> Don't be afraid to speak up. Um, leadership uh, certainly is given to us through the apostolic office, but for the common good, everyone is invited to speak up. Um, remember, we elect these officials. They are responsive to us when we bring, our, bring things to their attention. So I would just encourage all of our uh, 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 listeners today, take seriously that role of bringing Christ into our communities, but also the special role of the laity in doing that. So, uh, Brandon, thank you for all this time you've given me, and uh, I wish blessings to everyone, and, and this weekend, a blessed ascension. Thank you, Bishop. Again, if you do want to read that full letter that was released on the 20th, you can go to mncatholic.org. That's the Minnesota Catholic Conference website, mncatholic.org. Dot org. Up next, addressing the difficult issue of suicide with Father Chris Alar. He's of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and he has written a book that is making waves uh, on this topic. It's a very difficult topic, and we'll dive into it and talk about the hope that exists. This and much more as Real Presence Live continues right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 